Hey, seasoned athletes, I'm Robin Leggett, and this is episode 38 of the Seasoned Athlete Podcast. This is your home for inspiring stories and motivational advice from competitive athletes representing a wide variety of sports who all share one common bond. They are all over 40 years old. We're here to prove one story at a time that age does not have to prevent you from achieving your bold athletic and fitness goals. To learn more about this podcast and see show notes from this or any episode, visit seasonedathlete.me. And if you like what you hear, I would love it if you'd subscribe, share with your friends, and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you listen to this podcast regularly, you may have heard me talk about my obstacle racing and specifically Spartan Race Journey. This week is a special week for me as it is Spartan World Championships week. For the, I think, fourth year in a row, Spartan World Championships will be taking place in Lake Tahoe, California, one of my very favorite places. I ran Spartan World Championships the last two years, and it's definitely a tough race, perhaps the hardest I've ever done. The race weekend has an atmosphere like no other, with athletes from around the world gathering to race and celebrate together. I'm excited to say that I will be heading back there this year, although not as a world championships competitor. I did do my very best to earn a spot as an age group competitor this year, but sadly fell a little short. But I will be there to support my fellow athletes and participate in something called Spartan Podfest, where I will get to interview a bunch of amazing people all in one day, all for the show. So stay tuned in the coming weeks for my Spartan Podfest interviews for Season Athlete. And yes, I may have an opportunity to sneak a race in before the weekend is over. We'll see. However, in the meantime, to celebrate Spartan World Championships Week, we have a championship caliber episode featuring two people who will be racing at Spartan World Championships this weekend. Our main interview is with Spartan World Championships age group competitor, Rachel Cosgrove. Before we get to Rachel's interview, though, I am excited to introduce a new segment for the show. It's called Season Firsts. And in this segment, I'll be talking to people who are trying a new sport, race, event, or competitive endeavor for the very first time. I want to learn about why they have decided to challenge themselves in this new way and what advice they'd have for others who might be on the fence about taking on a new challenge. And in line with our Spartan World Championships theme, today I'm talking to someone who decided to take on this beast of a race as her very first ever Spartan race. Let's get to know our first ever season firsts guest, Julie Jensen. I'm here with Julie Jensen, and Julie, you are my very first guest on my new season first segment, so welcome. Thank you. So, Julie, before we get into what your season first is, I need to know, I'm going to ask you the question that I ask all of my guests, and that is, what is your age at this moment in time? Uh, 48. Fantastic. So, Julie, what is your season first? That would be Tahoe Beast in about, what, three days? <laughs> at the time of this recording, about three days from now. So, uh, to clarify, the Tahoe Beast, uh, the Tahoe Spartan Beast, that is the mm -hmm. an, the World Championships, the Spartan Race World Championships race. Is that correct? Yep. <laughs> that's, what they, that's what they tell me. Yes. So, you have never done any sort of Spartan race in your life, right? Nope, never. This was sort of something we kind of talked about and it just never came together. And we thought Tahoe, I live in Northern California, so it's an hour and a half away. Thought, sure, why not? I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, you chose, so you chose this partially because of proximity? Yeah, pretty much. And then who is this we that you mentioned? There's more than one of you. Well, we have a team, but two of my girlfriends who are also over 40, um, we all are joined a team. One guy, uh, Joe, he's on our Orange Theory. He's a coach. He's like 30. And so, you know, he has youth and male ego in his favor. And so the three of us girls were on part of another team and Emily's 42, Vicky's 48 or 49. And then there's me. So we're all doing it for the first time. None of us have done any Spartan anything. And of course, Beast is what we chose. So why would you, a lot of people would just not do this race like they'd say okay cool I want to do a Spartan race I'm going to wait until a shorter race comes up why did you all decide you know to heck with it we're doing the beast um probably because we're all of us have a level of fitness that we think we can do it um we're just looking to finish but I've always kind of started backwards um my first race ever was a marathon not a 5k a marathon <laughs> and this I'm signed up for the Spartan sprint in Sacramento in November 
my husband keeps saying, why? Why are you not starting with that? Eh, you know what? Because this is my thing. I go big and then I go small. So I think we all just kind of figured no matter what, we're going to finish. You'll finish together. We'll finish together. Yeah, we'll finish together. It takes us six hours or 10 hours. We'll finish. Fantastic. I love that. And, you know, what's cool about what you're doing is now the other races, the sprint's going to feel a lot easier after you conquer this beast. That's what I'm hoping. (laughs) (laughs) So um, have you received any advice for someone like you who is a first timer uh, trying to conquer the Spartan Tahoe World Championship beast? Um, A lot of stuff I've read on the West Coast Spartan. And then I did have a friend who ran it two years ago, but she had the uh, snow. So she ran it in 2016 and it was miserable. So it was kind of like, don't listen to her because she had the worst of the worst. I mean, our weather is supposed to be decent, but, um, you know, so I've just gotten a little piece of advice as far as how to pace yourself. But I did get a lot of stuff I took off the West Coast Spartan Facebook page. And, um, you know, we'll see when I get there. I'm kind of playing things by ear. The swim, I'm going to wait till I get there and decide if I want to do 90 burpees <laughs> or just get in there. I mean, you know, I try not to read too much because it's scares me a little. <laughs> yeah. And people, people do overhype it. I, I did the swim for the first time last year and it's, you know, my advice is go in, go quick, get it done. Um, and it's not as bad as people make it out to be. If you just, you know, don't, don't kind of hesitate, just go for it. So that's my advice to you. Well, and I listened to you this morning when you were watching, you were talking to the, some of the gentlemen in the car and I listened to everything. I was walking my dog and I'm listening to it and trying to file everything away for when I get to all these obstacles. Um, so yeah, I'm listening and trying to process everything that I hear. I yeah. even have hay in my backyard with the spear that I bought off eBay nice. <laughs> trying to figure out if I can at least conquer one or two of the obstacles and not have to do, I don't think you said you had 330 burpees last year or something You like did that. listen to me. <laughs> I did. did 330 did. burpees. So, and you yes. know, worst case scenario, you do 330 burpees and you get, and you finish and you get a medal, you know? So yep, that's, that's it. Yeah. I, I do not want to do anything other than finish. I don't want to be medically pulled out. I, don't, I won't quit. I won't yeah. do that. I just, I will finish however long it takes. Yeah. That's a good attitude. And, you know, there's a ton of advice out there. It looks like you've really taken it all in and you're going to take the best of the best advice that works for you on the day of the race and get through it. So uh, to wrap up, do you have advice that you would give to someone that maybe would want to do something competitive um, but hasn't really taken the leap yet? It sounds like you have taken a couple of big leaps. What advice would you have? Oh, just don't let fear stop you. I mean, I can't I can't let that kind of stuff let me live my life. I I do it. You know, if I don't finish, if I fail, well, it's the whole thing where if you fail and you don't try, I mean, it's okay to fail if you try. If you don't try, then, you know, what's the point? And I tell my girlfriend who's coming up here from Lake County, she's scared. And I'm like, you know what? We're all going to finish together, but it's still good to just try. And that's the whole thing. Don't, you know, don't not try because you're scared. Yeah, because you'll never have those big moments. You'll never succeed if you don't try. Sure, you could fail, but you'll never succeed. So you got to try, right? Exactly, exactly. I'm excited. I'm scared and excited. Well, that's, you know, that's normal and that's what you're supposed to be. So uh, those butterflies will help you get through it. And and Julie, I'm going to be there and I'm going to be rooting for you. So I'm so excited. I hope hope we get to meet out there. And I I hope I see you with that finisher's medal and that smile and that satisfaction of a job well done. Me too. Me too. We started at 1130. So we started at 1130, hoping to get done before dark, but we'll see. That's a good goal. All right. Well, best of luck to you and have a blast out there. And I, I'm going to look for you and give you a high five at the start line. And uh, I can't wait to hear how you did. Cool. Thank you so much. If you are planning on taking on a new competitive event and want to share your story for a future season first segment, shoot us an email at seasonedathlete at gmail.com and tell us your story. And now it's time for today's main interview with Rachel Cosgrove. This weekend, Rachel will be going toe to toe with other women in the 40 to 49 age group to compete for the title of Spartan Age Group World Champion. I really loved talking to her because I see so many parallels to my own life and my own competitive journey in her story. Rachel is my age. She's a fitness professional. She's a gym owner, and she fuels her soul and her spirit as a competitive obstacle course racing athlete. Maybe you'll even see a little bit of yourself in her story as well. This is Rachel Cosgrove. Hi, Rachel. 
Hello. Are you ready to drop some seasoned athlete knowledge in our listeners today? Absolutely. I'm really excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here. You are Rachel Cosgrove of Santa Clarita, California. You own and operate Results Fitness, named one of the top 10 gyms in the U.S. by Men's Health Magazine. You're the best-selling author of The Female Body Breakthrough and Drop Two Sizes. In 2012, you earned the title of Idea Personal Trainer of the Year. You've competed as a triathlete, a power lifter, and in the last year, you've made a name for yourself as a competitive obstacle course racer. Some of your recent OCR stats include earning a third place master's finish at Epic Series in 2017, a third place age group finish at the 2017 Big Bear Spartan Beast, second in the 40 to 49 age group at the 2018 SoCal Spartan, and third place in the 40 to 49 age group at the 2018 Big Bear Spartan Beast, which also punched your ticket to the 2018 Spartan World Champion as an age group competitor. Is there anything vital personally, professionally, or from your athletic life that you'd like to take a quick moment to fill in? No, I think you covered it all. (laughs) That's good to know. All right. So from here, I'm going to ask the big question that I ask all my guests, and that is, what is your age at this moment in time? 43 years young. I like that. 43 years young (laughs) because, you know, I've talked to people from a a wide variety of ages on this show and 43 is on the younger side. But really, I mean, even the people I've talked to in their 60s, 70s or 80s are living as if they are much younger than they are. So I like 43 years young and I think we should all adopt that. Yeah, absolutely. So let's start from the beginning. When did you start playing sports and what did your early athletic life look like? Did you grow up playing sports? Uh, I grew up, my parents were good about getting us into all different sports. So um, I did get exposed to softball and soccer and gymnastics. And uh, I fell in love with dance, actually. So that became my focus was dance. And I went to competitions. I got pretty serious about it. Uh, You know, I had a dance partner and we would travel to go to dance competitions. And um, I've always been competitive. I've always had that competitive streak in me. And so um, she and I are still friends and we reminisce about the days when the hula dancers beat us. And, you know, so it's kind of funny. My competitive uh, streak started uh, as a a child, really. Um, And then, you know, after um, getting into I started getting into fitness, you know, kind of a natural progression from dance into fitness. And I guess I did leave one um, of my it's been a long time. So I didn't mention that in my in the bio, but um, I did get into fitness competitions for a little bit. So I was doing um, figure and fitness and, you know, where you do the little dance and you wear the bikini and you mm-hmm. do all that. And that was fun, too. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, really, for me, um, the endurance uh part of my life started uh, when I got involved with Team in Training, which um, is a really awesome organization for anybody that's thinking about doing their first endurance race or maybe, you know, they do everything. They do triathlons, marathons, and century rides. And then I've even seen them do a few hikes too. And they raise money for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. And so um, my husband was actually diagnosed with lymphoma. And so trying to figure out how I could help and what I could do, I got involved with Team in Training and, um, and there started my bug for um, triathlons. And so that's, you know, where I went from there into triathlons. Do you want me to keep going? <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. Let's let's talk okay. about the triathlons. So okay. um, when was that? How old were you when you got into triathlons? That was in 2004. So I was not even 30. So, but that's, you know, for, for many, that's a late start. Like when I got started in sports, for me, it was roller derby that got me started. I was 29 years old. So it seems like that was sort of the door that opened into the next phase of your competitive life, right? Yeah. I, you know, I had fallen in love with weight training and um, really more for you know, growing up as a dancer and I was always concerned about my weight and my body and always had body image stuff going on. And so I was always trying to figure that side out. And as I um, got to um, learn more about strength training, that became a real passion for me. And um, so I was already in the gym working out and lifting weights and um, lifting was big for me, but I really wasn't doing a whole lot of endurance running, you know, that kind of thing was never really part of my repertoire. Um, So yeah, absolutely. That started me, um, you know, down a new path of, you know, becoming an endurance athlete. So what was it about this change. You said you were doing a lot of lifting, a lot of strength training. What was it about being an endurance competitor that connected with you at that time in your life? Um, Honestly, originally it was uh, a way to give back to the Leukemia Lymphoma Society to raise money and, uh, you know, really to challenge myself physically, but also, um, you know, something completely different, but also to be able to contribute. So that's what first hooked me. Um, But then as I got to, you know, do it and um, started to enjoy, I love cycling. Um, because of my strength background, I was very strong on the bike and so um, felt very confident on that because it actually happens to take up the bulk of a triathlon is cycling. Um, 
and, you know, started to work on just, you know, running. And, and it's kind of like with triathlon, you know, you do your first sprint triathlon. And, you know, I trained for like six months for my first sprint triathlon. And then like I did it and it was kind of anticlimactic. So it was like, oh, okay, that was, you know, took me like an hour, hour and 20 minutes. I think it was like pretty quick, right? That's a lot you of know? time training for yeah. a short race like <laughs> first that. First sprint. Yeah, it was a little bit much. And so, um, you know, then it was like, okay, and then I had all these new friends and training partners. And so, um, you know, decided to do the next distance up, which was Olympic distance and had a great time at that. And then, of course, you know, um, some of them were starting to talk about half Ironmans and Ironmans. So I was like, I'm never doing an Ironman. That's crazy. You know, people are nuts if they do Ironmans. And, you know, I just thought that was insane. Like, why would you do an Ironman? That's just crazy. Um, and, uh, but of course, you know, I started doing half Ironmans. I was like, well, I'll do a half Ironman, you know? So I did a couple half Ironmans and, um, got pretty competitive with half Ironmans. I started training, um, one of our coaches that started working for us at results fitness, um, found me through triathlon and we started to become training partners and she was actually training to qualify for the world championships. And so she and I were training pretty hard and doing a lot of half Ironmans. And then a bunch of my friends, you know, said, Hey, we're all signing up for Lake Placid, Ironman, full Ironman, Lake Placid next year, do it with us. And uh, I was like, all right, you know, why not? So I, I did, I, you know, and you have to decide like a year in advance for an Ironman cause they sell out. And so literally you have to click the button and register a year ahead of time. And so I did signed up for that, for an Ironman. And that was actually a really fun it was um after alan had he'd gone into remission and so um he was you know he was recovering from um from going through treatment with uh you know everything he had been through and so he and i that next year as he was recovering really kind of took a year of you know um kind of year off working and uh so i i decided to train for an ironman i spent that year and really training for an ironman can be a full-time job and uh so it was a lot of fun to just kind of you know really get i put my training program together and i literally started training a year in advance for that race and uh you know figuring all of my volume out and how I was going to build up for this and what I was going to do. And so the day of the race was actually, um, I had a great time. It was a lot of fun, um, because I was trained so hard for it that by the time I got to the race, I was ready and, uh, and had a great time. And so completed the Ironman, uh, Lake Placid, it's called Ironman USA. Um, and, uh, in 2007. So yeah. Congratulations on doing that. That's awesome. Yeah. And I, I like, it seems like your story, it, it, what stuck with me is that it seems that you're just highly suggestible. It's like you started with the sprint race and then people are like, Hey, do this with me. Hey, do this longer one with yeah. me. And you're like, too much okay. Talked in anything. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. And you know, that's a great attitude to have because that's, you know, if you say no to all this, then you miss out on so many adventures. So it's, it's great that you're so suggestible because you're getting to experience so many amazing things. Yeah. I love being active. I love a challenge. Um, I mean, I'll be honest, OCRs, I was not that into when I first heard about them. Um, I'd kind of heard about, I, I love something that you can, that I can train for. I love being able to figure out a training plan and that I can put demands on my body and that it's going to adapt and it's going to, you know, respond. And I'm going to see my body, you know, make these changes, get faster, get stronger, get, you know, like that's what I love the process of it. And so when I first heard about OCRs, all, you know, I heard all, of course, all you hear is um, the electrocution and the, you know, <laughs> yeah. and the, you know, that's all anyone talks about. And I was like, forget it. Like I am not into that because I cannot train to get electrocuted. So nope, I'm not doing it. I was totally the same way. I'm like, I have no interest in feeling that sort of sensation on my body. Yeah, it's like, no, I'm not doing it. Yeah. So, so how, how did it happen? How did you get into OCR? What got you past that hurdle? Yeah, well, and as you know, like, you know, really there's only one um, race organization that I know of that does the electrocution and things like that that are kind of more torturous. Um, and that's Tough Mudders, who I know some people love them and they love that whole mental aspect of it. And But I've never done a Tough Mudder, so that's never been part of my repertoire. I've still stuck to that I don't want to get electrocuted. That is still not part of my I'm totally goal. the same way. <laughs> um, That's the one I haven't done precisely for that reason. Yes. And I and I'm totally with you. Like I know people who love it. I know people that explain the benefits of it and and that you only have to do it once and then they don't make you do it again. But no. I don't want to do it once. <laughs> like honestly it was two of our coaches got really into Spartan. Um we um Joe DeSena actually was a keynote at one of the conferences I was speaking at and they all came to the conference and they all saw him speak and um and loved fell in love with Spartan and so they all did Spartan races a couple of our coaches and I still was just thinking oh they're going to get electrocuted I didn't really t quite understand what a Spartan was right. um and I was like okay whatever like have fun guys you know be careful come back safe we need you and, and so <laughs> um you know I'm gonna stick to triathlon like you guys go have fun 
And uh, they came back. They were just loving it. You know, they were loving this Spartan thing. And they were like, all of our clients started to get excited about it. And um, so they were like, hey, we really want to have a team at Results Fitness. Can we, you know, can we organize a team? And, you know, at first I was like, really? Our clients want to do this? Really? Okay. And so I never, I never like any of our clients to do anything I haven't done. And so the first team we had, I joined the team and I, our coaches coached me and I would, you know, train right alongside our clients and not really totally knowing what I was getting into. But I did realize that, you know, I wasn't going to have to get electrocuted, which was good, but um, I didn't really totally know what it was, you know, what we were going to be doing. And so I let our coaches just run the show and they, you know, did whatever they told me to do. And um, I had a blast that first race. We did um, the Spartan out here at Castaic as a team. And um, I just, you know, in the open category and we all had a blast and just, you know, real teamwork and helping each other. And I was like, oh, okay, this, you know, now I get it. I get um, what this OCR thing is all about. Like this was actually a lot of fun and I do it again. And, um, you know, so then our clients started getting into it and we started having team after team and everyone was just really, um, you know, excited about it. And, uh, and one of our coaches trained for, she, she got into the elite, she was in the elite division. And so she went to the world championships last year. And so I went to go watch her. Um, my husband was coaching her. And so, um, we went to go watch her and I, I was like, okay, like, like I started to get that Iron Man bug again, you know, like I was like, Hmm, I think I could do this, you know, feels familiar. (laughs) I could, you know, I got a good training, you know, I got my training plan figured out like, okay, you know, and so, um, watching Tahoe, which is an insane race. Yes. Uh, I've done it. Yes. I've done it twice. Yeah. I haven't done it yet. I'll let you know. (laughs) But, uh, so about a year ago when, you know, we watched her at the, um, well, it was before, before we went, I, you know, I was like, I asked my husband like, Hey, you know, I think I need to start instead of just, cause when I'm running the races with our clients, I run, you know, I run at their pace and I, you know, I'm there to coach them and I'm, I wait for people and, you know, it's fun, but I'm not in my like competitive mindset. And I was really kind of missing that, you know, for myself, that kind of selfish, you know, competitiveness of um, doing the race just for me and not being out there as a coach or, you know, to be with all of the clients, which is a lot of fun too. It's just two different races. It's different. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, you know, I was talking to him and I was like, you know, I think I'm really missing, you know, being competitive. And I just like, I think I want to do something competitive and will you help me? And so um, hired him as my coach. And uh, so he trained me for that Epic Series race. And that was like the first competitive race that um, I entered to see how it went and see what I did. And um, I had a, you know, a lot of fun, trained really hard for it and got um, third in Masters. And uh, it was it was a hard race. And so, uh, you know, then we went on, then I went on to um, to get, you know, to enter into my first competitive Spartan race. And um, that was the Big Bear race. And so, you know, then got hooked, right? Because then it's like, okay, now I, you know, I get it. I get like each race I come back with something that I want to improve. Um, you know, like at first I could not get that rope climb. Like I was mm-hmm. just like, what? get that rope climb. I was so frustrated. And, uh, you know, so now the rope climb is like, okay, totally got that. No problem. I know I can get it. You know, then it was Olympus for a while and now I'm good with Olympus, you know? And so I still have to master that twister. So it's, you know, I do find, I like that there's, that they do the same obstacles, you know, most of the time Mm -hmm. and that, you know, what to expect. You know, I like, I I do like, like a little bit of a plan, I guess. Um, and so that I can kind of, you know, work on whatever I come back from a race with to, um, better myself. Yeah. You know, you always, I have, I feel like I'm hearing your story and I'm hearing my story, um, <laughs> in your story. First of all, Castaic was my first race. Mine was back in 2015 and I did it with a bunch of my clients. So I was there as a coach doing it with my clients and then I got the bug and started just racing, racing, racing. And now I've, I think I've, I keep trying to keep a tally, but I think I've done 28. So I got really into it. And every race I'd come back with, hey, I did this cool thing that I didn't think I could do. And here's this thing that I got to work on right now. And here's my new thing I have to conquer. And it started with the rope for me. And then I moved past the rope. And then, yeah, Olympus. And I recently got Twister. And uh, multi-rig is still my enemy. And so um, it's it's really cool. And it's a cool way to focus on training in that you, you know exactly what you need to work on. You know exactly what skills what strength, you know, how to build your strength and, and what you need to focus on from race to race. Um, so I just, it's, it's nice to hear a very similar story from another person. Yeah. So you're fairly new to obstacle racing. It's, you've only been doing this for almost a year, right? Yeah. So my first competitive, I mean, competitively. So, yeah. Competitively um, speaking. Yeah. Yeah. Competitively, it was yeah. October last year. So October last year. So, yeah. and you've been very successful in a very short amount of time. You've had multiple podiums, top threes. What qualities or skills do you think you have that have proven to be beneficial to you as you've transitioned into this new sport? Um, definitely, you know, my, with having my, our background, you know, of 
training. Like I'm, you know, obviously I own a gym. And so, um, having the background of one endurance. So having, having done endurance events before having done triathlons, um, having done an Ironman, I've done a lot of volume and I think you do carry that with you. Like, I do think that is part of it. Um, so, so one thing is just, if you haven't done endurance to keep, you know, like that, like every race you do, every race you train for, they add on top of each other. And so, um, you know, sometimes people see people that show up at OCRs that never done an OCR before and they like do amazing and they don't realize that that person's been doing endurance for years. Yeah. You yeah. Know? <laughs> so, well, like, like Heather Golnick is a really good example. She yeah. came from the world of triathlon and I interviewed her. She was one of my first interviews for this podcast and she was a decorated triathlete. And then right. she's like, I'll give this OCR thing a try and, and in her forties and became very successful very quickly. So I, I, I totally get that. Yeah. So there's definitely like you're building the machinery, you know, over the years. Um, so I, I had that base, you know, that um, aerobic base that was already built um, going into it. And then, uh, you know, just we take a really scientific approach to our training and to our programs and um, definitely with the strength training background, um, you know, I feel like that is one of my strengths in OCR is that I am strong. So when it comes to the strength obstacles, it's those are no problem. Like, you know, it's a rest for me. So like I'm looking forward to the bucket. I'm looking forward to the sandbags because I'm like, OK, I can catch my breath and try to catch some of these fast runners because because mm-hmm. um, I have been lifting weights for a long time. So definitely if you're not, you know, lifting weights or taking your strength training seriously, I think that's a huge part of um OCR you know that's like you have to make sure that's just as equal as um as you know you're run running um and then with the running you know we've definitely been taking you know trying different approaches um you know it's not like triathlon like I say I have that base of triathlon but as far as the training programs um doing the usual build your volume you know where I would you know just keep adding miles basically um isn't doesn't work the same in OCR. Um, one, because all the races are really more of an interval style. Like you're running all out to the next obstacle. (laughs) So you're not usually running for more than a mile or two at a time. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a different kind of animal. And, uh, so, and, and they're all very hilly races. Most of the ones I've done have been, you know, super hilly. So you choose the hilliest ones and I like the hilly ones, but yeah. Um, and I've done a few flat ones, but you know, there, there are a lot of hills. So you're ending up, you know, yeah, it's, it's not necessarily that you're doing long steady state, aerobic, you know, training, like that's not actually what's going to translate to these races. Um, so taking more of an interval based approach and, um, and, you know, I think it's definitely balancing. I think with OCR, that's the fun part is trying to balance the, how much running do I do and how much strength training do I do and, and skill work, you know, how do I work all of these things in, um, you know, to my, to my schedule and still get recovery. And, uh, so that's been a fun thing is just kind of playing with, you know, um, how, how much can, can everything, you know, can we get, get in for each of these different aspects. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that for a little bit because, um, based on my understanding of, of your life, it's, it's busy one. Uh, you're a gym owner and operator. You run a fitness business mastermind called results fitness university. You frequently travel to speak at live events. I've seen you at several events. Um, can you talk about how you're able to make time to train and compete at a high level with everything you have going on in your day-to-day life? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, you just have to make time, right? So (laughs) (laughs) it's, that's what you do. You make time. Um, I train early. I'm uh, early morning. I'm a, I love my mornings. And so, you know, I usually get up pretty early and, um, especially right now it's been so hot in Southern California. So mm-hmm. got to get out early. So, um, get, you know, I get a lot of my workouts done early and, uh, it's, it's not like, uh, like Ironman training where I feel like I have to do, you know, nine hour workouts or anything like that. Yeah. So it's definitely a lot less than that. Um, you know, but, um, I think, you know, overall it's just a matter of making it a priority and sure something always has to give, right? Like when you look at your schedule and if you decide this is going to be a priority, uh, you know, yeah, you got to look at, okay, well, how am I going to balance, you know, this with the rest of my life? And, um, you know, Definitely, you have to make sure, you know, maybe your social life is not going to be as social, you know, uh, right. while you're training for something, you know, and I, and that's, I just, I do tend to get, you know, very focused on whatever my goal is. And so like right now training for the world championships, I am, you know, that's like my focus. And so, um, I would, I would make my training my priority over, you know, if the laundry didn't get done, then, oh, well, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's a priorities thing. And I think that's, you know, just with any of us that are busy, it's like, you just have to, you know, decide, okay, well, what's most important to me? Yeah. Um, 
And, you know, if it is important to you, then you'll make the time and something else will probably end up, you know, maybe once you finish your goal and you get what you want to get, then you have to kind of swing, you know, swing the pendulum the other direction. But um, I'd say overall, yeah, it's I mean, it's, you know, it's manageable and it's doable. I don't we don't have kids. So, you know, that's part of it. I think, you know, mm-hmm. at this age in our 40s, I think a lot of people do have kids that they have to that's, you know, you can't. Um, that, you know, you have to balance that. So I don't know what that's like. Um, for me, right. our kids are our 22 employees at Results Fitness. So um, <laughs> running the business and, uh, you know, really um, managing our team and making sure that I have time for all of them and, you know, to meet with all of them and give them what they need um, is just, you know, really one of my priorities. But And we do have a great team. So I can, I do delegate a lot. I'm, you know, I'm lucky that I'm in a point in our business where I am able to, delegate and you know yes we do travel um but you know when I do travel I do try to keep my routine still going and I've even a couple two two of the races this year I did on the back end of a travel like I like this last race in Utah I went straight from Chicago to Utah so you know I'm like I'm on a plane already I might as well just fly to (laughs) fly to get these get these frequent flyer miles and make them count for (laughs) me so I do kind of batch you know if I'm already on I'm already traveling and already flying then you know get something else you know something else out of it so um yeah I think it's just a matter of you got to make time like what are your priorities and if is is this a priority and if you know if it is then you'll make time for it yeah I mean I don't know how many times I've told friends who are holding sort of some sort of social gathering or event it's like I either can't go or I've got to leave early because I got to run early in the morning like I feel like I, I say that a lot and I imagine you probably say that yeah. Time time. And that's just, you have to make those choices sometimes. And yeah, you're, yeah, if you have, you know, if your friends understand that you're training for something that you, mm-hmm. that really matters to you, then they'll support you, you know, yeah, for sure. For sure. So let's take a moment to talk about some of the highs and lows of your competitive career. And this can, this can span everything. Um, can you take us back to your worst day, your worst competitive event, your hardest race or, or just a competition that went wrong? Um, sure. So my 40th birthday, uh, I decided to sign up for a triathlon, which I hadn't done a triathlon for a while. And, um, I was kind of, uh, not, not super prioritized <laughs> with my training and I was kind of still just, you know, just living my usual social life. Um, you know, hanging out with my friends. It was my birthday that week and I hadn't really put the training in that I needed to put in, but I kind of was resting on my laurels that, Oh, well, I've done a lot of triathlons and I'll be fine. Um, you know, no big deal. You know, this will be fine. Um, you know, did a few runs, a few bike rides, but not like I usually do. Like I'm usually pretty, pretty, uh, you know, focused with my training. And so I just was not ready for this race. And so headed off to, it was actually in Hawaii and it was with team and training. So, um, and my sister came with me and so we went to Hawaii and had a, you know, beautiful place. Um, and, uh, you know, got just got ready for the race and swim was beautiful. Like it's the first triathlon I've done where I didn't have to wear a wetsuit. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. Turtles swimming by and fish. And I could have just stayed in the water for the entire race. And that probably would have been a lot more fun. Um, (laughs) and then get out of the water and I, um, get on my bike and head out. And, uh, it was, you know, you're in like the lava fields. It's super hot. And, um, my bike, I hadn't been on it a whole lot. And so it hadn't really like, you know, you kind of find stuff out as you ride your bike more and more. Um, well, like my something, I think it was in the travels, but you know, I don't know what happened, but basically the bike, um, something had happened that kept rubbing on a tire. So I got two flat tires on that race. So ended up on the side of the road, changing a flat tire, which I hadn't done in a long time, which couldn't took me a long time (laughs) and it was hot. (laughs) And then get back going again. And then I get another flat tire. So I was just like going to cry. And then, uh, and then since I hadn't practiced my nutrition and I decided to grab, um, a new, you know, something, uh, like last minute that I saw at, you know, the sports store at like the, at the cyclery store, I was like, Oh, this looks good. I'll try this as my, you know, my, uh, hydration for the race. And so I hadn't practiced with it. I hadn't, raced with it. And, uh, so I was, you know, on the run, um, I already had a horrible bike. Um, just want to get through this thing and I'm drinking this drink that I had, you know, started, decided to drink and it hit my stomach and I had like the worst digestive problems. I'll save you all of the, (laughs) the I think we all get what happened there. You're like running through a resort. And, um, so there's like bathrooms, you know, like for the resort, 
like part of the race was in this resort area and I'm doing the whole squeeze your cheeks type of thing, you know, like, oh my God, like this is not good. And so I run into the bathroom and there's like all these kids lined up and I'm like, I'm in a race right now. I really need to use the restroom. And so like, that was what that, like, you know, I end up crossing the finish line and like getting it done, but it was not fun. And it was one of those where I was like, I am never doing another race without seriously training for it again, because that was not fun. And never, like, I, you know, I always tell me, of course, as a coach, like, you have all your things you tell your athletes and everything that, you know, you preach to them. But, um, you know, nothing new on race day is something that I always tell Mm -hmm. um, all of our athletes, like, nothing new on race day, nothing new on race day, never try anything new. And here I am, like, decided to you know but i am different um so yes that rule applies to me as well so nothing new on race day always practice your nutrition ahead of time always practice you know everything from changing your flat tires to (laughs) everything you need to do and so um anyway i yeah i didn't prepare properly and i paid for it yeah so is that would that be the most important thing you learn that training and preparation really is key if you're going to compete awful race like that like you're uh, you just realize you know what it's not fun to not train like that's where the priorities come in right because like if you sign up for a race like tahoe right like i'm like if i know if i don't train if i don't go home early tonight and you know and get Mm -hmm. this run done tomorrow this race is gonna be much harder and it's not gonna you know i'm not gonna have fun and to me the race is the reward you know that's like that's the fun part like for all the hard work you put in in training then the race is gonna be fun like that's when you know you get to see what all of your results are see what all of you know what you worked hard on adds up to and uh to not get that reward yeah (laughs) the training either so I didn't really deserve the reward but right (laughs) and and isn't that the point like why would we compete if we didn't enjoy competing and so if you set yourself up for a situation where you're going to be miserable competing then you're you're missing the whole point yeah so on the other side tell me about your best day your best event Definitely this year, the first time I've ever been on a podium is this year. So I had never been on a podium like that was, you know, that was definitely a lot like that was a high for me to get on my first podium. So, um, you know, that uh, that first race this year was um, the SoCal race. And uh, the the I did the super the first day and then the sprint the second day. And um, the super, I came in fourth. And it was really because, you know, this year they just um, added this competitive division. Yeah, the age groups. Yeah, yeah, age groups. And so I didn't really know where I was going to end up. I didn't know really, you know, it's kind of I would, that race. It was like, OK, let's see who, you know, who's going to be racing and what this is going to look like. And yeah, I mean, that was the first race, I right. think, yeah, I think of, of, that anyone could have done in, yeah. with this new age group. But I think we division. were all kind of like, what's this going to look like? Like, you know, is this going to be competitive? Is, this, you know, like are a bunch of the elites going to drop down? What's this going to look like? And so um, coming in fourth you know, I was like, whoa, okay, that's cool. Cause I kind of had a, in my head, a goal of a top 10. Um, so then the next day when I was, um, doing the sprint, I had never done a back-to-back race like that. And I was still like, you know, when I showed up on Sunday, I'm like, what am I thinking? I'm sore. I'm tired. Like, you know, I don't know if I can do this, but then of course, you know, as soon as we say our ruse and we're off, I'm like, I'm going to catch that girl, you know? <laughs> cause I was just like, I could, cause on that race, you could see very easily as we turn that corner, um, you know, who, like where you were as we headed off. And, uh, so I knew I was in like fourth again, you know, as we headed off and I'm like, okay. And it's a sprint, so it's shorter. So, um, you know, like I don't have as much time. And so, you know, um, as we took off, I was like, okay, I got to, you know, I got to get on that podium. Cause I was like, I was right there so close. And so I really pushed for that one. And so to, um, to finish the race. And as I came into the finish line, all of, you know, Alan, my husband, Alan, and all of our coaches were there and they're all yelling at me, like, you're in third, you know, keep pushing. Like, don't like, cause there was a girl coming up behind me. And, um, so it was just a lot of fun, you know, to come across that finish line and, uh, you know, give everything I had and, and then to be rewarded with, the podium, my first podium. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. And it seems to have set a whole thing in motion for you. So it's, yeah, it's it pretty was, cool. Yeah, definitely. It's um, been fun. It's fun. I love this. I love the competitive division. You know, it's like, um, cause it's, I didn't belong in elite, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's how I felt too. I was, I was doing elite and I'm like, this isn't where I belong. And I, yeah. I, I like, switched over to age group too. Last year. And I was like, oh my God, these girls are insane. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I just trying to keep up with them. Like, oh my gosh, you know, like I can't, this is insane. Um, and there are some 40 plus year olds that are in that, you know, like you said, like Heather Golnick and I'm, I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, one day, like that would be awesome. But, um, right now, like I don't belong there. Um, and so it's really cool that we have a competitive and they're awarding, you know, for, that we can race against people in our own age group. And, yeah. it's, you know, it's so like I, th- I just think it's so um, 
it's so much more fun because there's something for us. And I feel like I'm, you know, I definitely belong in the competitive 40 to 49. And like, you know, I feel like I'm like, I'm getting to know some of the other, you know, like you. And uh, so it's fun to go to the races and you see some of the same people and, um, you know, you kind of know, you know, everybody that's there and everyone supports each other and, um, seeing each other out on the, you know, the race course. And, um, you know, it's definitely a lot of fun to, to have now, you know, a like you feel like you belong in this category, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. so exciting this year to think definitely it sparked that first race sparked, you know, like I was like, okay, this is going to be a fun year of competing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and you're on a great path so far. So it's awesome. So I would love to know, uh, what types of unique challenges or even conversely benefits do you find you encounter as an athlete in your forties training and competing at this high level? Um, definitely need more recovery. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, uh, I, have, I have to be very, like, when you talk about time, I would say I don't actually have trouble fitting in my training. It's making sure I fit in my recovery because yes. that's like the easiest thing to put off, right? Because you're like, mm-hmm. ah, I don't need a stretch or I don't need to, you know, um, like it's, you end up putting it off. So um, when I do put it off, I feel it. And so I have to make sure I'm taking I'm self-care, you know, like I have to get a good night's sleep and I have to um, do my recovery. Like I, you know, stretch every night. I go to cryotherapy. I, you know, like I have Normatex, you know, like I'm like I just like do everything I can to make sure my body is getting back what it needs to be able yes. to perform for me. Um, and so that's, you know, I mean, I wouldn't say it's probably for anybody. I mean, even if you're in your 20s, it's still a good idea to do that. But you can get away with more where in your 40s, you know, I think it's like, you know, we don't want to hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, you're more you prone know. to injury if you don't do this stuff. Yeah. And and yeah. it just we need sleep. You know, you mentioned sleep. It's like it just becomes more important as you get older. And especially if you're trying to live a high performance life. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that would be the I think the main thing is. is you know, as a, um, 40 plus athlete is just making sure I'm getting my recovery. And then, um, otherwise it's just, you know, priorities. Like I think, you know, everyone in their forties has a lot of responsibilities, whether, you know, you work or you own a business or you have kids or, you know, like you definitely have, you know, a lot more than maybe you did when you were in your twenties. Um, you know, people dependent on you. So it's just making sure you set aside that time for yourself, you know? So, Mm -hmm. um, I think that can just, it can be so easy to not set aside that time for yourself. But when you do set aside that time for yourself, you are so much better for everyone else in your life, you know? And I know for me, like even just this last year, getting in back into competing again, um, it helps me be a better business owner and helps me be a better, you know, like I'm better at everything because I'm, my mindset's different and, you know, I'm doing something for me as well. Yeah. And if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of other people. Like everything will suffer, as you said. Yeah. So excellent point. So recovery and self-care and prioritizing all of huge importance as we are in our 40s, especially if we're trying to uh, perform at a high level. Yes, ma'am. All right. So um, as I mentioned in your intro, you're the owner and operator of Results Fitness. And I've seen you speak at fitness events. And you and and what struck me is um, you've told stories about people who've come into your gym and maybe they've come in to lose weight or just get in shape. Um, and you've helped them discover an athletic or competitive side to themselves. And I'm sure you have a ton of stories about members at your gym who might be of a certain age who came to you for one purpose, but ended up kind of defying their own expectations of what they could do competitively. And in short, they became athletes. Uh, would you be willing to share one such story? Yeah, we have. Yeah, that's something that um, we're very proud of is so many of our clients who, like you said, they do come in as weight loss clients. I mean, one one of the stories I tell all the time that um, you may have heard me tell is the story of one of our clients named Sue. Um, and she came in, she was, her doctor basically told her, you know, you need to do something or you're going to die. Um, you know, so she came into the gym, one of those, you know, she was just kind of like, I don't really want to be here. <laughs> and, and, you know, she's had uh, bilateral knee replacements. She was uh, 67 years old at the time. And, um, you know, really was not into exercise, like felt like she wasn't going to be, she, you know, she didn't have any confidence that she was going to be able to do what we asked her to do. And so, um, you know, as we went through our initial screen, um, you know, she like, she didn't even want to get down on the floor cause she wasn't going to be able to get back up. I mean, that's where she was at. She was, you know, basically like, you know, see, I'm not gonna be able to do anything you tell me to do. I don't even know why I'm here. You know, this, like, this is stupid, you know, like didn't want to be there. Um, so, you know, we, um, wrote her a program and got her started. And, uh, you know, of course, 
showed her that she could be successful and that she could do, you know, we could definitely um, find, you know, exercises that would be appropriate for her. And as she started to experience success and realize, okay, I can do this. This is going to work. I am going to be able to do this. She got stronger and stronger. And, you know, we slowly progressed her over the years. And, uh, you know, pretty soon she was getting up and up, you know, off the floor and she was doing great, getting really strong, feeling really good. And uh, we had a mud run team coming up and um, she w- she decided to join into the mud run. And so, um, you know, she, uh, okay. <laughs> so she decided to do that mud run and she did awesome. She had a really great race. Um, I mean, she was the last one to finish, but, you know, it's more that she did finish and, you know, to see her crawling through the mud and crawling up the walls and, you know, this stuff that this woman couldn't even get down on the floor and get back up. And now here she is, you know, crawling through mud, you know, finishing a race is pretty awesome. Um, and so then she went on to do a triathlon actually, and she rode a tricycle in the triathlon because <laughs> she was afraid to fall. And so, um, but that, you know, she called, she did that. She finished the triathlon and, um, again, had a great time. And then she found her love, which is powerlifting. And, um, we have a powerlifting team at results fitness as well. And I had mentioned, you'd mentioned that I'd done powerlifting. And so, um, when I started doing powerlifting, a lot of our clients got into it. And so that's kind of grown. One of our coaches is really into powerlifting. And so, um, we have quite a team, quite a, a women that do powerlifting. And so she, um, this past year, so she got into powerlifting, started, you know, competing. And, uh, so she's in her seventies by this point. So, you know, she's been a member of our gym for five or six years now. So she's in her seventies and, um, she was winning competitions cause you know, there's not, I mean, she, she was lifting weight. Like she was getting out there. Like she'd always say, well, I was the only one in the competition. I'm like, I don't care. You're, it doesn't matter if you're the only one. No one else showed up, you know, everyone right? else sitting on the couch. So you win. <laughs> um, and so, you know, she was winning and she was, you know, like setting records and, you know, getting PRs and like really getting into it. And, uh, she ended up getting a letter in the mail last year that she qualified for the world championships. And they were in uh, Belarus. Uh, so she f- she went to Russia. We sent our coach with her. She went to Russia to the World Championships for powerlifting. And um, she ended up winning. She ended up getting a gold medal and winning the World Championships. And so we have this picture of her standing on the podium with the American flag. And she's got a tear rolling down her cheek. And, um, you know, just the fact that she went from being, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to, you know, do what you guys are going to ask me to do to a world champ. She's like our world champion athlete. <laughs> she won the world championships gold medal. And so she brought it like we have, you know, all our medals displayed at the gym. Um, and so now she's, I mean, she's just all in for powerlifting and, and we just actually had our first in-house powerlifting meet last weekend. And, uh, she just set another PR last weekend and she's 72 now. That's um, amazing. yeah. And she's like, you know, there's no stopping her. Like, you know, I mean, who, like that first day when she came into our gym, you know, I could not have predicted that this woman was going to end up being a world champion powerlifter. Um, and neither could she. <laughs> and so it just goes to show you just never know, right? Like you never know what you're still capable of. I mean, you know, it, like she just started this sport, right? In her seventies and is now, you know, has gone to the world championships and now earned herself a world champion gold medal. And so, um, yeah, she's a pretty inspiring story and she's not the only one. We have a ton of athletes. I mean, we refer to our clients as results fitness athletes. Like they're all, we always say it's the whole Nike saying of, if you have a body, you are an athlete. Yes. Um, I love that saying, and I think that's, you know, that's how we treat our clients. We think, you know, it doesn't matter where you're at. There's an athlete inside of you and, um, you know, whatever you're ready for, you know, I'm not going to put my agenda on you and say, oh, you're going to do powerlifting or you're going to do, you know, but if you, you know, if you, if I plant a seed and say, hey, you might want to think about this or think about that. And if you jump on it and go, yeah, you know, absolutely. I want to do, you know, a 5k or Spartan or, um, then we're going to make sure we have, you know, the opportunity for our clients to do that. And so like this weekend at Epic, we have a team of 30 and probably at least half a team are over 60. That's and great. yeah, so, um, it's cool. Yeah. It's really, and they inspire me. Cause yeah, it's like, okay, well, I'm like, you said, like I'm, I'm a young seasoned athlete. <laughs> yes. I'm like, I'm only 43. I'm like young compared to all, you know, so I watch all of them and I'm like, it's so cool to see so many of them just starting their athletic career, you know, and yeah. just realizing that they can do all of this, you know, stuff. Meanwhile, you know, friends, like I was just talking to one of our, a couple, they're in their sixties they've been members for a while and they do the Spartan every year. They do the cast Spartan and they'll be there at Epic. And, um, they, 
every um they were saying how all of their friends are just falling apart you know and like how they talk to their friends and they're just like oh my back hurts this hurts that hurts and they're Mm -hmm. you know just sitting at home and not doing anything and they're like i don't know how they live like that like i just couldn't do it and they're like just you know so thankful that they have you know come started coming to our gym because um you know they now have all of this athletic these athletic endeavors that they're you know into and um just getting healthier and healthier and stronger and stronger and uh yeah it's just really cool to see what's you know the potential of someone um you know when you're in your 60s and 70s oh yeah and i've heard stories over and over again even on the show from people that are in their 60s 70s 80s 90s and talk about how they are they don't have to be on medication for any reason whatsoever because of yeah. their competitive drive and their athletic life and again yes that you know your friends it's almost hard to imagine when when you live a life that involves so much movement to see people who are your age your peers not able to you know they lack the mobility or they they can't move or they think that anything you're doing is completely out of their league and and impossible for them and yeah, they then, just think oh well you're crazy like what are you thinking yeah. And, and yet you tell a story of somebody who couldn't even get down on the ground to do a movement screen. Right. And now she's a world champion powerlifter. And it just goes to show that you're never too old. It's never too late. You're never too out of shape. And, yeah. you know, everybody's going to start from a different place, but there's always that potential in there. And if you just start kind of taking those first steps, you never know what you what you could be capable of. Yep. So what advice would you give to someone who maybe around your age or maybe older because you deal, you know, you work with uh, clients and athletes at your gym that are 20 years older than you. Um, and maybe they've entertained the idea of trying a triathlon or doing a Spartan race or a mud run, but they find it intimidating or out of their league. What advice do you have for those people? Uh, you know, I would definitely, um, get with a group of people that's training for something, you know, someone that knows what they're doing, uh, you know, to guarantee you're going to have success. So like I mentioned team and training, or, you know, if there's a gym in your area who is, um, you know, has a coach or a team, I think that's the best way to do your first event. And in all of your events is to be a part of a team. And so, um, you know, definitely, I know, you know, if you can find a good coach and a good team to, um, be a part of, you know, let them show you, uh, and, you know, start just commit to the training, you know, maybe you don't commit to the race, maybe you commit to the training and start doing the training and see, you know, as you start to progress, um, where you get to and, you know, you'll probably find you're going to want to do the race because you're going to start to progress and start to see that, you know, you absolutely can, you know, accomplish the goals that you want to accomplish. But that would be my biggest advice is find a good coach and find a good team that you can, um, be a part of. Yeah, because a coach will provide the programming and the support. The team provides the community and the camaraderie and all of those things just create such a wonderful experience. Yep. Yeah. So let's talk Spartan World Championships. Uh, is is that officially next on your race calendar? Yes, that is yeah. next on my race calendar. <laughs> so what <laughs> do you think will be the keys for uh, to a successful race day for you in Lake Tahoe where this race will be held? Um, it, I mean, it's definitely, a, you know, well, I don't know. You have to tell me. You've done it twice. <laughs> um, but it, from what I've seen, it definitely seems like it's, um, you know, a difficult race. I think. Um, Big Bear was really difficult and, uh, and from what people have told me, there were parts of Big Bear that they felt were even harder than Tahoe. Um, okay. So, um, so I'm like, okay, well, if I did Big Bear twice, then, you know, I should be, um, okay for Tahoe. Um, so I think the key is just going to be, you know, um, I mean, it's, it's all in the training, right? Like as long as I get all my training, you know, I'm doing, I'm prepare myself so that when I arrive on race day, I'm prepared and ready for the race. And then on race day, it's really all about the mental side of it. Um, I think it's mental side of it and the nutrition, you know, just making sure that I have my nutrition figured out and then um, just making sure my mind's in the right place. And I think race day, um, that's what it comes down to. Like the people that end up doing well are the ones who can keep their head in the right place and not get negative or, you know, discouraged or, um, you know, giving up. Um, So it's, you know, I know I'm going to be tested. I know it's going to be challenging. I know there'll be times when I'm, you know, going to feel like I want to, you know, get, go to that negative place, but um, not letting myself do that and just making sure 
that my mindset is where it needs to be to um, stay positive, stay focused and um, give it everything I have. Yeah. Anytime your mind goes to a dark place, uh, lift up your head and look at the view. Yeah. Uh, because the view is so pretty out there. That yeah. That's a good way to kind of reset the brain and get back <laughs> back into what you're doing. That's that's one of my biggest pieces of advice from Tahoe, because just everything around you is stunning out yeah. there. But so even when you're miserable and then uh, take some cold showers in, in preparation. Yeah. Because there's a cold water swim. And yeah. and uh, if you prepare for that properly, it's actually no big deal. So um, yeah, I, I saw it last year and I was like, yeah. OK, because I was picturing it was going to be way worse than what it was. I was like, oh. yeah, you no, I psyched myself out for it. It wasn't, it wasn't so bad. You just got to go in quick and move just get it, it done. Yeah. Get in get <laughs> through it and get out and, yeah. and run fast. So before we go, do you have one parting piece of wisdom that you've learned in your competitive journey that you would like to share with our listeners? Uh, I'm overall, I would just say to, uh, you know, enjoy the process, enjoy, um, like, like I said, race day is your reward, um, but don't forget to, you know, really enjoy the whole process of your body um, going through the changes that it goes through as it gets stronger, um, you know, everything that you're able to do. Um, I think a lot of people get caught up in, uh, you know, especially as you get competitive. I know all of us can get super anxious about, you know, like you're like you right now, like you're probably, you know, like I want to hit top 10 finish and I, you know, like I have to hit that and uh, forgetting to really take in, you know, everything that you're learning, how your body's changing, how you're growing um, and not just focusing on the end result or the, you know, the carrot at the, the end. Um, but, but really making sure you take the time to enjoy the process and, and, you know, and the people that you meet and, um, you know, so it's, that's one of the best parts about racing is, um, you know, getting to know other people and just having that competitive camaraderie and, um, and, you know, really, if you know, you gave your best at what, whichever race, then it doesn't matter what the, you know, the result is, as long as you gave your own personal best. And I think that's whenever I head into any race, it's always just, you know, I, I'm an, I've been, I know I've given my best to my training and I'm going to give my best in the race and wherever the cards may fall. I don't know who's going to show up that day. I don't know who's, you know, what they've been doing, but as long as I know I can walk away from that race knowing I, you know, I never backed down and I gave it everything I had. And yeah. uh, that's, you know, that's what it's all about. Yeah. And that's really the only thing you can control. You can't control who shows up. You can't control right. the conditions. You can't control the competition, but you can control your performance. You can control how much you give um, and the effort you put out in your training and in your race. And I think you make an excellent point about enjoying the process, too, because I think we all forget to celebrate our little wins along the way. Mm -hmm. um, and especially for people just getting started and learning, you know, we talked about learning that rope climb and not being able to do the rope climb and then finally getting it in practice, maybe getting it in training. And that's a win right there before you even get to a race day yeah, and yeah. you know learning a skill or reaching a PR that you weren't able to do before all of those little wins are worth celebrating and that's all part of the process and I agree that it's important to celebrate all of that absolutely and finally uh, if someone wants to train with you or learn more about what you do as a coach how can they find you uh, definitely jump on my social media so I have um, I'm on Instagram as Rach Cosgrove and I'm also on Facebook as Rachel Cosgrove fan page. And so either of those I'm posting regularly. Um, you can also head over to my website at rachelcosgrove.com and all my information is on there. Perfect. And I will put all of that in the show notes on the website for the show. So go on over there if you're listening right now and uh, check out Rachel and everything she does because she's awesome. Uh, you're doing amazing things on the race course. You're helping people do amazing things like go from not being able to move to becoming world champions. So uh, definitely reach out if you want to work with Rachel and the Results Fitness team. So Rachel, thank you so much for being on the Seasoned Athlete Podcast. Um, funny story, and you know this, I grabbed a short interview with you months ago and I was going to feature you as an everyday seasoned athlete uh, on an episode. And for some reason I had, I just wasn't producing episodes regularly. I never got that on. And then the more I cross paths with you at races and at fitness events, the more I realized that, you know, a short interview wasn't going to cut it. We had to do a full length. <laughs> so I'm glad that we got to do that today. And I look forward to seeing how you do at Spartan World Championships. So thank you again for being on the show. Thank you for having me. It was fun. All right, season athletes. Before we go, here are my top three takeaways from Rachel Cosgrove. Number one, don't try anything new on race day. Race day is not for experimenting. That's what training days are for. Always practice what you're going to do at a race ahead of time, and that includes everything. Training, preparation, nutrition, and hydration. For example, if you're going to eat or drink something in a race, you definitely want to ensure it's not going to cause any trouble with your digestive system. You don't want to learn that the hard way. 
figure it out beforehand and only go with what you know works on race day. Number two, in our busy lives, we often forget to make time for ourselves. Rachel really highlighted the importance of making time for yourself. We all give so much to others in our lives on a day-to-day basis, our work, our family, our home life. But in order to be effective at all of that, it's super important to make time for yourself. For Rachel, it means fueling her competitive spirit, training, and racing. What does that look like for you? Find out and be sure to do it. And number three, enjoy the process. Race day is your reward for all of the hard work you put in, but be sure to enjoy the process along the way. Take in the moments to acknowledge how you're learning, how you're growing, and the changes your body is going through. Yes, the race is the reward and merits celebration, but don't forget to celebrate all the little wins along the way. Thanks again to Rachel Cosgrove. Thank you for listening to the Seasoned Athlete Podcast. The music you heard in this episode is from my friend and real-life rock star, Jason Achilles. Learn more about him at jasonachilles.com. Do you know someone who would make a great guest on the show? Or do you have a unique and inspirational story to share? Shoot us an email, seasonedathlete at gmail.com. Check out our entire library of episodes and get to know our distinguished seasoned athlete alumni at seasonedathlete.me. And if you live in the Los Angeles area and are feeling super inspired to train like a seasoned athlete, visit rutsm.com and learn about how to train with me to help bring out the seasoned athlete in you. Now go out there and embrace your extraordinary, my fellow seasoned athletes, because you so can.